0: Non-binary friends and everyone on the spectrum and in between, welcome to another episode of the Shutter Show. David, how are you doing today?
1: You know, think I'm doing okay. Good to hear. Think, think, think I'm, you know, I I, I think I'm, I'm doing a little alright. Um, you know, I, I, first off, I want to say to everybody, we missed you. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a while. Uh, we we wanted to record an episode last week, and so you know, we decided like we're gonna record it on Tuesday and. Yeah, I don't think there's anything important going on Yeah, today. no, I, did anything happen on Tuesday? I don't recall. I, I don't seem to remember there yeah. being anything it happening. It seems like
0: there was big national news and something that happened last week that might have... I just... Well, ooh, you know what it was? I got a dog. Yes, you did. That's right. Oh, Little Freddy. Yep. Little adorable, Fre- adorable, yep. stupid Freddy. Mm-hmm. I love that dog so much. Little Freddy Young has uh, joined the family. Yes, the same Freddy Young, who was the DP of uh, Lawrence of Arabia, but that wasn't how I planned things. It just worked out that way. And I'm very excited to be uh, giving him now a forever home. And he's he's a very good boy. I highly suggest you check out my Instagram or Twitter if you want to see, well, what is now mostly just pictures of my dog.
1: Yes. But yeah, in all seriousness, like, we we recorded our, we, we, or we were hoping to record our episode, but we came in thinking, like, it, it's 50-50 whether it's going to happen. And then we started imbibing alcohol as results came in. And my wife was with us there, and... Hoping to see how the episode turned out, but then we're just like, I don't know how this thing's gonna go. And if you haven't guessed it by now, this is a pretty liberal podcast, so we were freaking out that day a little bit. And now
0: we're a little less freaking out. Still so, still, still lots to be done. But still a lot to be done. It's we, still we 2020 felt, and shit's yeah, going on. Yeah, we felt that perhaps most people had... Enough on their docket last week that if we didn't record, uh, you would forgive us. This
1: this didn't seem like the top of the priority list at the time, and just thought maybe a week off for mental health might
0: be the best. Yeah, and also not necessarily uh, making a monument to the neuroticies that was uh, us watching the election results come in. Uh, maybe that was not uh, something we needed to record. Look back at? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so uh, So that's why we're here this week, and David... What movie are we talking about this week? Well, Ken, we're watching a,
1: a very short film.
0: Yes. Uh, 77 minutes. In yeah, fact. shortest, shortest um, film we've done so far.
1: Um, hailing from uh, the culture of the French, mm-hmm. called Them or mm-hmm. Ills. How, yeah. how, how do you pronounce that? It, it, it uh, sounded German Ild. when I said it.
0: Uh, I, I believe. Ild. And then, uh, yeah, it's a French and Romanian. It's a 2006 film, um, shot in 2005. Yeah, shot um, in Romania, but a, a French production. And I'm going to attempt to pronounce the director's names, and I apologize to anyone who ever took French in high school. I did not. So I believe it is <laughs> David Moreau and Javier Palou are the two directors. Good job. Um, thank you very much. And um, our stars of this movie are uh, let's see here, and Olivia Bonamy and Michael Cohen. Not the same Michael Cohen. Uh, I think that's very. That's, that's, that's a pretty big distinction, I think. It's a, I would say this movie would be fascinating if it starred that Michael Cohen. That would make... I, for for a much more interesting viewing, I would yes, say. it would be. For a, sure. It would, this would make this movie a <laughs> fascinating document of a different time. Now, I would say with this movie, um, the, the number one thing I think about when I think about them is minimalism. It is a movie that stars, I think, like four people, six at best. Yeah, it's like six if you include the killers, who are a certain number of actors. They're not really precise at like how many intruders they are dealing with. Um, but yeah, it's basically there's there's an opening uh, with two characters, and uh, like the many of many uh, like the opening of many horror films. Uh, big surprise! Both of the people in the opening die, mm-hmm. and then, which seems to be the case for for most home invasion
1: horror films. Definitely, very so. very rarely, you know, it, it's sort of like Stranger. Like this film is constantly compared to Strangers and um, Funny Games. Yes, and so in you know, surprise surprise, in both those films, nobody gets out alive except for the killers, and it's just. It, that seems to be always the trend for home invasion films, but this one is interesting, I guess, because I I started doing some some last minute reviewing and research on this because I don't know a whole lot about Romania, I don't know a whole lot about the Roma people, um, to be perfectly frank, I don't know a whole lot about the French or France. I just I've
0: never been, and. I don't know. I'm told their food and cheese is very good. Yes. But then again, I'm lactose intolerant, so unfortunately there's a whole lot of French cuisine which I just can't enjoy. And that's, and, and no, look, if you like a good stinky French cheese, more power to you. Mm. I hope you enjoy it. I just so can't. Um, yeah, I know a decent amount about French film, but the specifics of French culture, uh, partic- uh, particularly with this film, um, is not something that I I knew a whole lot about. However... I will say, um, one thing that I think is incredibly universal with this film is um, the setup. Um, The directors, when they were starting to uh, develop this film, went out and asked their friends what scares them the most. And they said, someone breaking into my house in the middle of the night. And basically they were like, all right, cool. That's the movie that we're going to make. And um, these filmmakers, I think, are... Really, really talented, um, and it's surprising how little they've done. Afterwards, they did um, the Jessica Alba film. Was it? I believe it's the Eye is the name of it. Oh, really? the the um, The
1: remake of the Japanese horror film. Yes.
0: Um, so they did that, and then um, they've done a couple of other small films. Um, like the cinematographer as well has done a bunch of like French TV. Um, the cinematographer uh, was it. Uh, his name is Axel. I'm again, I'm so sorry that I don't know how to pronounce this, um, but like his biggest credit really before this was he was a camera assistant on La Haine, which is a pretty infamous uh, French film that is known for being a real rough watch, we will politely say. Um, what, what's, what does that translate to? Uh, Le Haine. Um, I will look that up. Give me one second. I don't know why,
1: but that brings to mind top secret
0: latrine.
1: Uh, yeah, no, it's uh,
0: <laughs> uh hate is what oh, it means. very different. Yes, yeah, uh, it starts out uh, Vincent Cassell, um, who uh, you would know uh, as uh, he was—he's one of the most famous French actors uh, in the world. Um, he is married, or at least was—I uh, don't know if he still is—to Monica Bellucci. So good on you, Vincent. Um, but you would mainly know him as the bad guy from *Oceans 12*. The guy with the fox who did all the Capayera stuff to get through all the lasers and stuff? Yeah. So yeah, he that guy legit one of the best French actors in the world.
1: I would say the next best one would be the gentleman in Leon. Is that the same is that the same actor?
0: Uh no. No 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 no. That is um no, that's not Luc Besson. Luc Besson is the actor, it is No Luc Besson's the director. Yes. Um we will look that up too cuz now
1: i have to know i absolutely have to know and if you have not seen uh, Leon or the or as it's called the professional here in the states i highly fucking recommend it it's i mean the, the the relationship between the two main characters it borders on kind of strange now and i think in terms of how it's aged is a little weird but it's very 90s
0: Jean Renault Famous star of thank the... Thank yeah, thank you. Famous okay. star of the Godzilla remake. Uh, supporting star of the Godzilla remake, oh, genre. no. Just can't uh, get a good cup of coffee in New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Um, Leon the Professional uh, is a movie that I... It, let's see here. Um, much like the movie Milo and Otis, um, watching the movie, you might enjoy it. Once you start looking into the history of the production, in which Luc Besson was dating a... From what I understand, underage girl or a girl who definitely really super looked under it. Yeah, well, um, man. Oh, yeah, God, one of those.
1: I, yep. Well, everyone, I'm sorry. I, these are yeah. I did not know. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, those, I got to start looking into this. Yeah, you no. Know, it, well, it
0: yeah. It is. It is a really well made film with a really incredible performance by Gary Oldman. And then there are some really the problematic bit, like, items. Oh, such a good villain, though. Oh, so good. Such a good villain. Everything. Like just one of those. Yeah. Super good. Now, at his most, Gary Oldman. Yes. No. Yeah. Gary Oldman at his most, Gary Oldman. Uh, miss uh, who uh, also will be on uh, coming up in uh, David Fincher's next movie, Mank, which comes out uh, next month. Looks fascinating. Oh, looks fantastic. And uh, I want to let uh, any reviewer who's gotten an early copy know that if you've seen Mank already, I hate you so much. I have so much envy deep in my heart and soul that I have not been able to see Mank yet. I <laughs> I want to see it so bad, but. I guess I have to wait to December like the rest of us. For now, you'll just have to settle for them. Indeed. Now, um, something we should talk about this. Uh, This, much like Fargo, is a movie that starts up with the headline based on true events. and A very problematic line that, that a lot of films
1: like to use to get butts in seats.
0: Yes. That said, there's not really a whole lot of evidence to back up like, that, this specific story is based on a specific true story. My understanding is it's more of like based on actual events, kind of in quotes, where it's based on se- se- several things that
1: tons probably had people, in may people not break not happened. into their homes and fuck with them. Yes,
0: no, absolutely. And um, the thing that, and we're just going to, and we've talked about this before, and we'll say it again uh, this is a. A podcast where we are going to spoil the movie so that we are it. talking about. Though, I mean, to, There's not much to spoil, much this to movie. spoil. Yeah, no.
1: Like Also, the, the things that, like for example, you look at the the, the box cover art, which also i uh, yeah, um, were I do remember that there was another it had a tagline um, that was similar to the wailing You'll never feel safe in your home again. Um, is the one on the box anyway. and the one on the box. But I do remember seeing one um, that was very similar to that, and all I could think was all over the place.
0: Yeah, and the and the cover art is very much um, an homage to one of the films that we uh, we uh, we reviewed earlier, Zombie. Uh, the eyeball scene in mm-hmm. that is almost directly what the poster of this movie is. Just sans Which I got say needle.
1: did not deliver. Because there is, like, for this movie, you, you kind of expect a home invasion film to have a lot of gore, to have a lot of violence. Strangely enough, this film has, ni- like, very little of either of those.
0: It's not a very, um... It's uh, thrilling. It's very thrilling. Yes. But
1: it is not heavy in gore, it's not heavy it's, in violence.
0: I think it's closer to something like Panic Room, where it's one of those things where, like, no, yes. that movie's not, like, the movie is not wet, there are a lot of wet horror movies where there's just so much blood and gore, um, but in this, there's not like because there's so few characters, there's not really a lot of like oh super badass kills, bro, or like oh you're gonna like or dead but, buried but even, where you have that needle scene where you're just like ah. Yeah.
1: But even in the even in the opening scene of this film when it's the when it's the mother and her very stuck up daughter. Um, you know, going through their own little thing, and they crash, and she has to fix up her car so they can go. Like, and the killers take care of them, but you, you, there's not a single drop of blood. You just see it's suggested that she's being choked to death mm-hmm. in the car, and and that's it. Like the mother disappears out of nowhere, and you never see what happens to her. It, it everything is. At most things in this film are suggested.
0: Yeah, suggested. So, implied, and, yeah.
1: Which is why I thought it was weird that like, like why are you trying to sell this eye scene? When really it's just like she looks in and they try to get her eye and it just glances off the side of her face and she's more shocked. It just didn't seem poster worthy.
0: I mean, yes. Um, I think I mean, it's a good image. Uh, it's one of those I think you'd have to ask the poster artist who came in. Like, it might just be that they love zombie and it's an arresting image. And hey, if it makes a good poster and it gets somebody to rent your movie. I mean, I'm a guy who grew up in the 80s. And man, let me tell you looking at those posters a lot of times what's on the poster or what's is on much the box more interesting with the yeah, actual yes yeah, yeah there's often the poster is way better than anything that's in the movie um but with this movie I think one of like yeah one of their greatest strengths is how much they do with how little and um, how um, how kind of real they make a lot of this like one of the things that I really like about this is that the couple is not a bickering, angry couple who spends the whole like who spend the first part of the movie letting you know that yeah, they're I... going through a bunch of stuff no, and they're, that things are very, really... very happy. Yeah, and it's shot mostly documentary style in order to um, bring you into their intimacy, to bring you into their environment. Um, it and... literally lets
1: you spend a day with them.
0: Yes, and then, like literally, the plot of this movie is two people are killed in a car, and then two people are at home, and they are attacked by them. And that's 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 pretty much the plot of the yeah. whole movie. Usually, I would usually that would be my
1: like small couple sentence summary, but like that's that's about as simple as it gets. Mm-hmm. It is just it is a home invasion film uh, where a loving couple is preyed upon by an unknown killer and or killers. killers.
0: Now, the big. The big thing that separates this movie apart from most, almost every other home invasion movie is the quote unquote twist, which... wasn't much of a twist. Isn't even asking. really a twist. It's more of an interesting reveal, which... Spoilers. It's kids. Like...
1: Children. Yep.
0: Uh, and is goes up... The other, scariest thing of all. Well, like, what are they, what, one of the great things that they do is they, they how scary they are able to make kids in hoodies... And this weird sound that the there's kids a couple make. Of, there's a
1: couple of sounds that they make. Well, the sound like they've so the howling was the weird one. I don't think they ever really explained what the howling
0: was. Well, what it, what it comes down to is the sounds are being created by kids' toys. It's one of these like spinny clacker sounds, or I think it's like a whistle for the howl. And the idea is, is oh, was that what it was? I, that's what I believe it is. Um, but yeah, the whole idea is what's scary about this is that it is just kids just spooking people wearing hoodies and um a lot of the anxiety or a lot of this uh this this movie comes from and like the true story that they talk that that this is based on and let's be clear true story in quotes um is the murder of an australian couple that happened in czechoslovakia austrian oh oh, sorry austrian couple yes yeah who was married in czechoslovakia or so who uh who were in czechoslovakia and were married by a uh, married i don't know why i just said married like twice who were killed completely different <laughs> uh, very uh, very different yes no thats that was a weird yeah. weird thing though I uh, would watch that movie
1: I, yes no absolutely like of... killed by by the by the person who married them
0: mm-hmm. uh yes uh but um basically uh there is uh an epidemic of Romanian homeless children um and uh this from the research that I have been able to do so far is based on the fact that they had a just an absolutely horrifying authoritarian uh, leader for a long time who kind of wrecked the economy and killed a bunch of people in war crimes. And as a result, there's a bunch of kids who don't have parents running around the street trying to be alive. And uh, they are doing stuff that you do when you're trying to be alive and you're a child and you're living in a war-torn, uh, yeah, a war-torn country. Humanity! Yay! Um, Sometimes the scariest thing is ourselves. And if you have seen the movie Hostile... Um, The roaming band of kids uh, there is loosely based on the same problem, we shall say, uh, epidemic. Um, But this movie um, doesn't really, like, this movie doesn't get into any of that. And I think that's...
1: I would almost say that that's what the true story that this is based off of. Yes. In the sense that, like, no, like, these, uh, these children of the Roma people have, like, had to resort to some fucked up things in order to survive and or make sense of their predicament in life that they pretty much inherited from just the abuse of their people over a very long extended period of time.
0: Yes, and the the crimes in this movie, like we said, are very likely... It is very unlikely that there are a handful of these Roma kids who were using kid clacker uh, clacker toys and noisemakers to torment a French couple. I don't think that ever happened. I think this is more based on the true story of, hey, did you know that the street kids sometimes do crime? And I bet you if you look at a long enough history, sooner or later, a couple of them probably killed somebody in a house somewhere. I'd be willing to make... I, like I, I, I believe that that was true. But the specifics of this event, from everything that I have found and everything that I have read and even the Wikipedia says like, nah, there's not really any hard evidence that this happened. Something remotely like you know, this might have happened, but not this specifically.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, what, what I also found interesting, it, it seems to really want you to buy into that that's how it was. Because at the end of the film, just before the credits... They tried to, to give you a small play by play of what this was based off of. And even then, like trying, like I'm just really, I, I looked for a while trying to find this story because like, it seemed fascinating. Because mm-hmm. the idea was that they, they were saying that uh, this couple was killed and then the police found these kids and they were eventually arrested and they asked them why they did it. And their, their reason that they gave was that they wouldn't play with us. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't
0: I didn't I didn't come across that.
1: Yeah, that little it's that little it's the little um end of film. Oh sort that's of. right,
0: it's the very blurb at yeah, the, like, the very, like, very end.
1: Like they wouldn't play with us or they uh, something of that particular yeah. uh saying I think that's exactly how it was. And so I'm like, oh well that's chilling. And but but also too, like kind of what we were talking about with Roman people, like it's in doing a little bit more research, um, there there has always been tension between uh, France and a lot of other European Union countries and Romanians more more specifically the Roma people and so a lot of reviews then that I looked up about the film about this film in particular was that it is rife with xenophobia and quite a bit of racism in the sense of like oh this is almost like you could compare this to a propaganda film about how, Romanians are just born to be killers, and are just and how the Roma people, you know, or as you know, ignorant people would call them, uh, Roma gypsies, uh, are just you know, naturally fucked up people. When really it but it, what, what it was is like, because this film came out in two thousand six, and around this time, France was dealing with this whole thing where it was a, l- there's a little bit more. Expansion with the European Union, uh, the European Union at the time in 2006, and France was getting a little, you know, anxious about the expansion of the European Union and also the multiple people that came with it, meaning that they had to welcome all sorts of foreigners and immigrants into their country, and uh, the Roma people were the ones that they were particularly not fond of, and even and. The, Unfortunately, right now in our current um, in our current events happening, is that you know we we now have a bit more of a, a conservative, right wing esque government going on in the European Union that is very anti immigration and very get the fuck out of my country if you don't look like me or talk like me, and you just kind of see this sort of thing getting worse and worse and worse. And so it, it, I do find this interesting. It is, it is very much a deep dive into, it, kind of like when we were talking about the whaling and um, the, the relationship between Japan and Korea. It, it's just, a film like this, which seems very simplistic, actually, if you take a deep dive into kind of what is the the genetics of it, you find there's, it's ripe with, with history, and it really is just a, a portrait of the, the human condition and our need
0: to portray somebody who's different as the enemy. I would say, um, yes, it's very... Um, so John Carpenter had a quote where he said that like there are two approaches to horror. Um, the conservative take on horror is the bad guy is the other. It is the them. It is the, the person that comes in from the cold, um, It is that you are sitting around the campfire and you say that the most dangerous people where the fear comes from is from the other tribe the other people the people who are not like us where um, leftish horror is um, the horror comes from within the evil comes from within Mm -hmm. what the moral of the story is you are just as capable of the bad things as the other people and this definitely is much more of a right-wing approach because these the them is definitely the other. Now, I will say, unlike The Wailing, this movie has a lot less um, explicit text, I will say, Mm -hmm. um, dealing with uh, race and the Roma people and uh, the French. All of that is something that you kind of... ...have to look into... ...you have to find on the Wikipedia page... ...like... Yeah. ...you have to... ...you but have like, to do some digging... ...to find out... Like, yeah. ...and don't get me wrong... ...I'm not saying that this story is not... ...fueled by that... ...but it is also not... ...explicitly about that... ...I think this movie plays... W- ...would play for... ...any shitty right-wing audience... ...that sees the other exactly. as the bad yeah like, like
1: i see i see a lot which there was a guy there was a reviewer that i, I was reading and he claims to be coming from a very like liberal um point of, and progressive point of view which is kind of like like i've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time and then i realized kind of what this was and he was talking about the role of the two main characters uh, Clementine and what was her husband's name uh,
0: Clementine and... Um, Raoul, I think? I believe so. Let me double
1: check. Some, yeah, like something around that nature. But the idea is that Raoul, who's this journalist, is sort Lucas. of... Clementine and Lucas. Yeah, okay. Lucas, sorry. Uh, Lucas, who is a, a journalist, is sort of the propaganda person, and whereas Clementine is the colonizer trying to bring, like, force the French language onto uh, a certain group of people. And the idea that in, in, oh, in the, con- it was a very interesting take and I'm just like, okay. And then I started doing and that's what caused me to be like, I got to look into this whole Romanian French relationship here. And I got But at the same time, it caused me to take a deep dive mm-hmm. and learn a little bit, but it was the idea, like even in the beginning of the film, when you see Clementine talking to one of her other, uh, coworkers, uh, other teachers. Talks about how the class is actually very unruly, and doesn't really behave that well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so, but and the, the understanding is like, like when when these when it's finally revealed that it's kids that are the killers, and at the end after the couple is killed, the kids come out of their their underground lair, or you know. Oh, where it's they, the tunnels. The tunnels where they play. Where, the where house, they yeah. yeah, where they play, and they head towards a school bus to go to school so it's it's implied that they're
0: at least most likely her students now that's all right so it's like so they definitely do get on a bus at the end i always cuz like i've seen this movie before and i always remembered it as a school bus but then this time watching it i noticed that when the bus pulled up people got out and then the kids got on which to me that is why that it's much more, like maybe they're on their way to school and her like and everything that you just brought up before I think is is actually like some details that I hadn't noticed or put together before but make total sense especially if you're looking at... like if you're just trying to uh get your mind around what this movie is or if you're looking for layers that like and and I don't both David and Javier the directors of this I don't I haven't met them I don't know them and there's not a ton of interviews with them there's not a lot of ton of special features available for this movie um so finding out like what they yeah. were thinking at the time in with if this is one of those like well yeah this is something we grew up around in and it's not something we cuz because it's not implicitly in the text like they do not this movie very easily could be straight up propaganda with the addition of a couple of lines very spef- specifically citing these kids as roma Mm-hmm. But that really doesn't happen. Yeah, it is exactly. implied it, it, that maybe it is, she's, like, yeah.
1: it, it's not hit you over the head.
0: It, this it is be, what it is. It is it, it, it is, very it is easy. more like you could be this. Yes, it is. It is it is much more implied. So I don't know which way. It is definitely right uh, leaning. It is definitely a movie about the scariness of the others. It is definitely a movie that once you look into the context of what was going on and when it was made, uh, a lot of not quite red flags, but definitely like, ooh, wait, what does that mean? But I will also say it is not a movie that is overt with any of those themes. Um, And as a result, I think that just changes what this movie is a little bit. In the fact that, like, yeah, it would be very easy for this movie to be an incredibly hateful propaganda movie that I would be now apologizing to David for making him Oh, no, no.
1: Which is, like, but it's, like, I find it interesting that that's one of the takes. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. but, But the thing is, like, it's not obvious. And the fact is that they actually shot this film in Romania, so, like, why would you be shitting on the Romanian people or the Roman people?
0: While, while you're, you're also yeah. while,
1: while they're like being hospitable, uh, hospitable to you and letting you actually shoot in their country um i you know doesn't seem to match up too but, well with a, But
0: yeah as two white guys from America who haven't been to Romania or, or France, France. <laughs> please if we are also missing One can't even eat cheese yeah, yeah if if we can't if we are missing something hit us up on the twitters no. on the instas like let us know what we are missing cuz what are the things that like both this movie and uh, with the whaling uh, two weeks ago,
1: it's suddenly are
0: finding ourselves. Well, like, we suddenly find ourselves learning all this interesting cultural information that I don't have a degree yeah. for that. David does not have a degree for that. Like, so we are trying think, to find I think our way the through bare I think
1: the bare minimum is I'm just, I'm like a history minor mm-hmm. in the sense of like, cool, like, also, like, I've studied Russian history. Oh. Is very very complicated Oh, yes. and very in depth, and a lot of names that all like a lot of very similar names. I will take so basic understatement for a thousand, David. Straight, um, but you know, like
0: <laughs> yeah, I know Russian history is complicated. I yeah, that's that's the uh, the quote <laughs> of the day. Russian history,
1: it's complicated,
0: complicated stuff,
1: and cold. It's complicated. <laughs> and cold. Um, but like one one of the other interesting things was that you know when you you were showing me this to pick from and I'm like you know Ken will show me the trailers for the two movies that we watched it was this one or it was a tale of two sisters that i had to choose from and i thought this this seemed a little bit more this seemed different from what we've watched previously and like cool i'm going to go with different um one of the things in the trailer is it compared it to a movie that was kind of big at the, a foreign movie that was kind of big at the time, Wolf Creek, mm-hmm. and I found that curious because Wolf Creek is a fucked up movie. Oh, that is a very wet. That is stabby. That yes. is that is a, and it is also a very rapey movie. Oh yes, that is. And like that is one of those movies where I'm like, this makes me like this is chilling and makes me uncomfortable, like it scares the shit out of me, which is kind of like. like so, I think it's a good movie. It's gross, is the difference, I think. Yeah, it kind of, because, like, th- this was around the age where torture porn was really big. When I say torture porn, I'm talking about hostile. Uh, like, movie- Saw, Passion of yeah. Christ. saw, passion-, <laughs> passion
0: of Christ. I'm sorry. I'm,
1: I'm sorry. We just love to see people get the shit tortured out of them. Yeah,
0: no, and, and I'm sorry if anybody's offended by that, but I'm sorry if you want to talk about the de- what the definition of torture porn is by the people who want to use the term torture porn, which is not really a term that i think is good because like i would argue that the hostile movies are actually pretty good for what they are um it's
1: uh, I mean, the, 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 there
0: are no there are definitely so the first part issues. is literally just a porn hub movie and the other half is... yes but it also is the perfect like that the foreigner that well that porn hub opening is the perfect lure for a shitty eighteen-year-old kid who doesn't know any who like who well, still believes also, in this fantasy. Well, you
1: also had movies like Road Trip that were really big at the time. Yes, and so this was the horror movie version of Road Trip.
0: Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's um, H- Hostel is, uh, I think, a, like something like Saw is much more straightforward. Of like, okay, roll your eyes. Um, Hostel, <laughs> I think, has a lot more to like. Don't get me wrong, the Saw movies are fun if that's what you're in the mood for. Who who
1: realized that Wesley from Princess Bride was such a terrible actor? That
0: is, his performance in the first Saw is arguably a war crime. It is. It's so bad. It is so. Don't get me wrong. I love. I love the actor. He seems like uh, Carrie Elwes is. He gave us Princess Bride, and that he did. And and uh, he's been good in other things, but he is not good in Saw. Um, Hostel is. I would say is an interesting movie because. Like it plays with a lot of problematic elements, but it's also playing with like eighteen-year-old kids who just graduated from high school or college, whichever one I forget it is, who are like going to Europe to try and put some miles on their soul and dick. Like they're like the movie does not try to make you think that either of those guys are good guys. They are they kinda go out of their way to be like, yeah, these guys are kinda like horny pieces of shit. Yeah, you might identify with them if you're like an 18-year-old horny kid, but like you're not. Like you're, the movie is never like, look how awesome these guys are. Look like, how cool Americans are. Yeah. No, it's we're very pathetic, and we all, oftentimes
1: we are the ones that bring a party
0: down. Yeah, no, and like also interesting things about Hostel. Um, I believe it still holds this title, but it has the most foreign dialogue of any movie um, in the most languages without subtitles. So it is a movie that very much plays on your xenophobia Mm -hmm. like it, it, it is a movie that definitely makes you feel what it's like to not know what's going on in the room so why then do you think
1: that this movie was why do you think this specific reviewer compared this movie to wolf creek because those two seem like arguably very different very very different films i don't know why you would think to compare the two,
0: well, I mean, the the, the pull quote is the scariest film since Wolf Creek. So to me, it's the, like so. This movie is small, as we said. Like, it is a minimalistic movie shot, with, on digital, right?
1: Shot yeah. digitally, it looks like Twenty Eight Days Later in
0: thirty. Like it, a, it looks way better than Twenty Eight Days Later. I don't. I, I have a. I have a Blu Ray copy. Of 28 Days Later, and that is a movie that looks like it was shot on like a video camera. On video camera in the 90s. It looks rough. Like still so good though. No, oh, it's great. But it looks rough. This movie looks like a really solid documentary. It looks it looks like a really well-shot documentary. Um a lot of it a lot of the inside stuff is done almost entirely with um, practical lights and... Um, and a real house, too. In a real house, basically. Which the
1: dilapidated look of the house, I think, definitely adds to the tension and adds to the scariness
0: of So it. one of the things was when they wrote this movie, they realized that they had to find a house that matched the script. Because otherwise, as soon as they got their location, they were going to have to massively rewrite everything. For just simple stuff like, the bedroom needs to be at the end of the hallway. The kitchen needs to be down the stairs. This room needs to be across from this room. So what they do did is they found uh, actually a large manor and they took over the entire thing. They built out some of the construction stuff on the side. And then part of the house became their production office. And then the rest of the house became their shooting location. Okay. So they were able to shoot everything in 30 days. Oh, wow. And um, as a result, they were pretty much all in that one location or they were just in the woods just outside um and then like the tunnels that they built um some of them were uh from what i understand available locations and then um like the big tunnel at the very end uh that's going past the uh the cars drive past that was a set that they built um they built that tunnel out oh um and interestingly enough um, the act so let me back up the actress in the- th- there's mm. the one who plays clementine yes There's a lot... uh, Both of the actors admit in the uh, BTS that uh, a lot of this movie wasn't really acting. Um, Because they were shooting DV. Because they had to shoot as much as they did, as fast as they could. And because both of them were almost in every single scene. Every single shot after the opening, one of these two actors is in it. So there's no real time off. And they're together through most of the movie. And it turns out that the main actress, A is claustrophobic so really was not having a great time the entire ending of the movie in all of the tunnels the other interesting that story woman yes is she suffers from vertigo as does the main um, as does um the director i believe it's uh, i believe it's david uh also has uh vertigo and when they were talking about some of the scenes, and particularly the ladder scene at the very end. Yes. She was like, I'm pretty uncomfortable doing this because I have vertigo and I don't like being any place up high. And the director was like, don't worry, I have vertigo too. So I will do any stunt that you have to do first in front of you to show you that it's going to be okay and safe because we want you to be safe. And so they got to the ladder sequence at the end. Director went up the ladder to show how safe it was and uh one of the ladder rungs pulled out and he fell and uh he didn't break his hand but he sprained it pretty severely and uh at that point the actress was like so go ahead and call up a stunt rigger because i'm not doing this without a harness because you just went to show me how safe this was and now i'm a little bit traumatized i just watched the director just like Climb fifteen feet up and then just a, bam.
1: To be fair, that's a whole lot more than Quentin Tarantino did for fucking Uma
0: Thurman. This is true. This is this is very true. Um, but I think I think you find a better lot, him than her. I think you find a lot. I, I think you can see the realism that they were going for. That that, that documentary style. Yeah. There's there's a lot. There's a visceralness to this movie that I think comes from. And I'm not saying putting the actors in danger. That's bad. Don't do that. I think it's from the fact that they had to move so fast that, you know, a lot of times when they look tired, it's probably because they've been running around for like twelve straight hours. Mm-hmm. When she looks claustrophobic in that tunnel, it's because she is claustrophobic in that tunnel uh, and exhausted and and absolutely exhausted. And I think I think that's something that adds because like I separating it from all of the uh, problematic uh, regional things that we have discovered while researching this movie, I think this movie is a really good technical textbook for how to do two people being chased around a house and keep it sustainable.
1: Well, and it's just also, too, the elements of as everything starts up, like, you, you spend a whole day with these two people. So, like, the film does a very good job about giving you an idea of what kind of people they are, also the idea like giving them giving the film credit for them being a loving couple who, who genuinely want to be where they are um, and don't seem to be discontented in anything that they're doing. Work might be hard, but that's about it. Um, but then when things start up, it does seem to be coming out of nowhere, which is very much the case for when something like this happens to somebody. With the scariest- they're living their normal life and then something comes in and just completely just fucks with them. And it starts a little subtle at first. Like it's a, it's a, like a phone call. Somebody calls and hangs up. Which I always get, so, like I get real chills sometimes when I get like unknown caller. And I pick up because my psychiatrist, when she calls, unknown caller pops up. But that's a whole other story. My psychiatrist is terrible at her job. Um... <laughs> but so So like But it's just like When you get a call From Unknown Caller And you say hello Nobody answers And then it just Hangs up on you It I get uncomfortable
0: Like it, it, it It's really chilling to me no, absolutely And well also And this movie Again it's the minimalism It would be very easy To lean on that And have Heavy breathing on the other side. They don't do that. Or yeah, no, they don't do any of that. Like the the unknownness of the of the of the them is very scary because like there's no like unless you are really picking up on those very like subtle hints at the beginning, which as we've discussed also may may or may not actually be connected or true. That just yeah, might be very subtle. Yeah, very subtle. It, it, But like the scariest thing is like, I don't know why some random person is breaking into my house. There's no reason. Where like, I don't know, if I've been running a gambling ring and someone breaks into my house, well, it's probably because of the crime I've been doing. And that's why a person is breaking into my house. And now I have a motivation and that makes it less scary. Where this is just like, there are people trying to get in. Why? Why? I don't know, it's but why they it, want to murder us, and that seems bad. It's why
1: Strangers still is one of the top home invasion horror films of the time, because what makes it so scary is when they ask the questions like, why the fuck are you doing this to us? They're like, because you were home. Mm-hmm. They're like, like there's one else around, but you were here and we wanted to fuck with you. And now we're going to kill you. Cuz. You're here. And it, like, once again, it it goes back to. Funny games, the same way, where it's just like, we're gonna murder you, cuz. Like, 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 and that's the most terrifying aspect of these, of some of these home invasion films is like, there's no reason. There's no rhyme or reason. You can't explain what's happening to you. It's just cuz. It's, it's lottery. And the same, it's the same
0: fucking case with this. Mm -hmm. At the end, you're like, why did you do this to people? They wouldn't play with us yeah or uh, or another interesting twist on that is like panic room where yes the uh the, the the antagonists of panic room have a reason for breaking into that mansion which is that they know that there's a safe in there full yeah. of bearer bonds but but the family who's living there yeah but, they yeah. have no
1: control of it jodie
0: foster and kristen stewart do not know that it was there so until about halfway through the movie when they're like, hey, we want to really get in that panic room. And they're like, really? Can't we just be terrified in here and you leave because that's the whole point of a panic room? And they're like, well, no, the thing that we need is in there. And that's why. Panic and you're like, room is fuck. Deaf. Yeah. Also, go see Panic Room if you haven't seen Panic Room. Oh, panic Room so is way better than so many people give it credit for. Also, if you are a film student, I want you to go to Amazon and I want you to order the three DVD set of Panic Room. It is film school in a box. You get to watch David Fincher, literally direct actors. You get to watch him break down scenes. You get to see animatics. They have scoring sessions on there. They have interviews with all the actors. They talk about how that entire house was built on a soundstage and is three stories tall, and every single wall can be flown out. So it is a perfectly sound structure. As a
1: carpenter, that sounds exhausting.
0: Yes, David just express to the, our listeners for a moment how exhausting this set sounds to to just conceive, let alone shoot him. Now were these metal
1: framed walls? Because uh, I imagine for structural reasons they probably had to be if it's three
0: stories high. There is a metal exterior frame that holds most of it. Bro. Basically that holds it all together. And then literally, and mind you, this 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 building has uh, an elevator in it. Multiple sets of stairs. So it
1: has to be a like I mean like functioning sets are are they're 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 a regular thing of movies. It's it's that sort of like the case, but a full fucking
0: three story building is insane. A, a three story mansion where every single wall can be flown out, but also every single structure is sound. Like so, just
1: literally being like saying to the crew, like or saying to the to the set carpenters, we want to put the camera here, but this wall is in the way. All I can see is every single crewman being like, "Fuck!" So the process of removing that wall. Also, keep in mind, like once that wall is removed and then put back, then you have to have the scenic
0: painters come in mm-hmm. and do all the touch ups, mm-hmm. and that is just mm-hmm. in fucking insane. Yeah, you no, know, it's it is it is nuts, and it's also one of those things where like. Yeah, guys, it's not like you can say, like, all right, well, we're going to take out this wall and that's going to make things slightly unstructural for a minute while we put this brace in, so let's clear everybody out. No, we're going to leave the dollies and the camera stuff and, like, you got to lunch to do it. So, like, no, it all it, it's like the craziest Lego set where any piece can be removed at any moment, but you also have to be able to, put, like, put a bowling ball on it. There was a... Um I was one of the carpenters I work with. He he was telling
1: this story about how he was he was working on in this particular studio set, and one of the grips, or or even just I don't think it was a grip. I think he was no, he was a PA. Um, he dropped this this heavy C stand, and it punched through the floor. Um, now the sound insulation is down there too. You want to know what's in the sound insulation? Lead and asbestos. Oh, good. So this was like 1930s era studio insulation. So good shit stuff meant, you should definitely Which meant breathe. that they had to clear the entire fucking set for the rest of the day while the crew came in and cleared out all of the asbestos. It put production behind by two fucking weeks. Oh my god, that's yeah, that's some This is the shit that a lot of filmmakers have to deal with. And this is the fascinating thing. It's just like so much blood, sweat, and tears uh, goes into the making of these films. I
0: worked on a music video once where we were shooting in an industrial warehouse, and in the in the very basement was this gigantic, what I believe was like a motor to turn, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, like like this this was a motor that was Just
1: trying to 12 feet
0: this. tall. Like Just, like, a huge industrial thing from, like, the 20s or 30s to pull, I'm sure... Like, oh, this was used in the
1: Titanic. Oh, yeah. Or
0: just, like, to to pull thousands of pounds of grain from one side of a silo to the other. Like, just one of those, like, wow, they just don't make machines this big, really, anymore. Like, it it looked like an engine for, like, a steamship. Like, one of those things, like, in Titanic, when you see the pistons are, like, three men tall. Like, just huge. Mm -hmm. And... Of course, we're shooting a music video, so they want everything to look super cool. So uh, art starts going in and starts setting up candles everywhere, and we start lighting stuff. And then I look down one of the little shafts that just like one of the little separators, and I see like a weird reflection, even though everything down there is black. And then I suddenly oh, realize, no, oh my god, that's just. Oil and maybe gasoline down there, and like literally had to like sprint across the set and mind you, I am a I am a grip at this point, I am not the DP, I am not in charge. My job is to carry stuff around, and I basically had to be like, absolutely everyone stop. We can it's full it's so much oil, so much gas. we're in the middle of a factory in the 30s that I'm sure has been discontinued for safety reasons. I don't know where any of the safety exits are, but for God's sakes can we please not light any candles or put any fire on it? And thankfully the director agreed with me. And... Thank fucking God! Yes, but it's one of those... What's it? I I have to know his reaction. He was just like, what is what? And I was like, I think that's all oil down there. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like... Do you want to go look? Yeah, I'm, and not, I'm, not, going, I'm not going to my flashlight. I was like, I don't know what else that could be. It's awfully black, awfully shiny, and awfully at the bottom of an industrial motor. So grease, oil, gasoline, those are the options I think. Do we need the candles? Can we just can we just light it with electric lights? Back Please. a little bit. Please. Please. Is that okay? And he was like, yes. Also. And then I believe he went and went, got into a huge fight with the production manager, or this—he went and got. All I know is there was a lot so of yelling. Trying,
1: are you trying to kill us? Yes, yeah,
0: there was a lot of yelling that came oh from my around God, the that's corner. Insane. Yeah, where I was just like, I'm going to be over here, and I'm going to keep setting up my lights, and uh, I, I did, I did the Boy Scout thing. I was safe. I notified the right people, and now they are taking care of it, and I'm still here. That building did not burn down. We shot the music video, which was so long ago, I don't even remember what the name of this music video is. That's how long ago it was. Um, but it is one of those safety things that comes along with making movies that sometimes people don't think about. You, it's very easy to get so excited with making a movie. And you and watch this, David. I'm going to bring this all around, right? Oh, oh that God, sometimes... Yeah. You tell the actress, I'm gonna go ahead and climb this ladder because it's totally safe. And then one of the rungs just pulls right out of the wall and you fall 15 feet right in front of her and you lose like half a day of production and you have to go get a stunt team because uh, it's not safe. Because sometimes reality steps in when you're making movies and um, kicks you right in the teeth and or threatens to cook you in the teeth in, t- in, in case someone in case someone doesn't say, excuse me, sir, I believe this room is filled with what appears to be gasoline and oil, can we not put fire in it? And and sometimes those things work out and sometimes those things don't. And uh, luckily for me, it did. And I think on a lot of this movie... Great a fucking turnaround. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, that was, our, our, uh, yeah that, that was me bringing it all back. And with that, David, I think we are just about at the end of this particular episode, which means it is time for a little time travel where we're going to choose between two different movies. Okay. We're, 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 we're going to show David two different movies. Mm-hmm. Now, unlike most weeks where is either A, a movie, two movies that I've seen and David chooses and he hasn't seen them. Uh, sometimes we do a Freaky Friday and we flip the two. This one is kind of an interesting in between because the two movies that I have chosen I have in fact seen but it has been about 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. So I have only the vaguest recollection of what these movies are like. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to revisiting these this week and David giving me an excuse to do it. And those two movies that I've chosen one is the Australian film Patrick and the other is the Canadian film Ginger Snaps. So we're going to time travel for just a moment. I'm going to show David these trailers and then we're going to come back and we're going to tell you, David's going to tell you what the two movies look like and then next week we'll review one of them. What time am I setting this time
1: machine for again?
0: About four and a half minutes. Alright. And in a gauge. <laughs> 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 we have emerged yet again in the future. Oh, it's very humid. Indeed. Very humid. Very humid indeed. Strange for December. Yes, no. Now, so we have... Well, it's November, so that's definitely even the strangest thing. Um, Now, uh, we have an option for you today between Canadian lesbian werewolves and uh, Australian vegetables. So, (laughs) first off, David, why don't you tell us what Patrick looks like to you? Patrick looks very old. Yes, 1978 Australian film and the trailer we watched is rough. Yeah, it's...
1: It also looks weird when somebody is... uh, trying to swing an axe into a door to, to get it open but then Patrick's telekinesis looks like fart noises
0: the uh, the movie is cut much better than that trailer is uh, I'm not gonna lie it is a 1978 low-budget Australian horror film so it's got some rough edges um but it uh it looks like it looks like there's something there like it, like it's
1: one of those things like I first of all Ken, I trust you mm-hmm you know, with the with the exception of uh, some some fish rape movies, you have not yes. led me astray. Yep. So far, so good. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I mean, I will say it is a favorite of uh, Quentin Tarantino. Um, and if nothing else, it is an important film in the uh, history of uh, Australian genre films. But uh, I can also understand if it's not necessarily your jam. Now, question. What did you think about what did Ginger Snaps look like? God, that is for a film that was made in like 2000? 2000. It is so 90s. It is... Well, it would have been made in the '90s, yeah. so yeah, the 2000s wouldn't have been a thing. It has got until it had been. It ruined. is. It has got that uh,
1: that '90s movie trailer that I am so nostalgic for, mm-hmm. and had like it still shocks me that I haven't seen this movie. Like I'm aware of kind of the new, like the themes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Other than that, I like looking at. It, I'm like I actually don't think I've really seen any of this footage.
0: It's not a movie that gets a lot of uh, I seen play or like it gets a lot of like it's not a movie that you find out a lot of like top fifty horror films of all time. And, or, I, and yeah. I think
1: and I and I think I even asked you about it. I think they're
0: they're turning Ginger Snaps into a TV show. I believe so. That is what I've been reading. Yeah, um, I believe, I, that's what I've read. I believe pre COVID. I don't know if, if yeah, it's still happening. It is because
1: I, I think bloody disgusting podcast. Uh, they they were doing a thing on it. they're still I think they're, oh, still, good, I think they're st- still going through with it as, as well as HBO Max is apparently doing a Hellraiser. Oh, series. yeah, that's right.
0: I heard, I heard about the Hellraiser yeah, series. Yeah, which Clive Barker is is directly involved with. I uh, that, that is a movie that I am excited for everyone who likes the Hellraiser movies for. Those movies, I do First not... Those two are great. Others are oh, awful. I, I don't enjoy watch. I understand why they are good. I think the effects are incredible. I do not enjoy watching the Hellraiser movies. They make me feel like I need to take a shower inside of my shower while showering. like i just i need like i like i need a loofah. i need like really strong soap they just make me feel dirty and uh no no shade to whereas, anyone who likes it i have an original clive barker doodle
1: inside my copy of the hellbound heart and it is my most prized possession
0: i love clive barker so much of course you do But that's why... This is why we make an interesting match on this show because we both like horror movies but both in different ways. So... I'm going to go with Ginger Snaps. You're going to go with Ginger Snaps? I'm going to go with fucking Ginger Snaps. All right, let's do it. it. You know
1: what? I'm going to travel down the path that I should have traveled down a long time ago.
0: Lesbian Canadian werewolf movie it is, David. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, everybody on the spectrum, in between all of our non-binary friends, it has come to another... the end of another episode and so... It has come for us to say goodbye. We will see you next week. We love you, all of you beautiful weirdos. We love you so much, you sons of bitches. See you later, motherfuckers. Fuck you.